Man, I'm dying over here with all these ideas. I got nobody to talk to about them. Give me a call. Buddy, this is the Lifestyle Business Podcast, the podcast your employer warned you about. And in the eternal struggle between Kenny Powers and Kenny Rogers, we are currently coming up. Kenny Powers, man. Kenny Powers. <laughs> I am joined, as per usual, by my captain, my co-host, a man who needs nary an argument to supercharge your family sedan. Ian, welcome to the program. If you stick around to the end of the episode, we are going to give you a tip to jumpstart blog traffic from influencers and an innovative approach to project management that you can keep your remote team busy while you sleep. Ian, dish me the news, man. What's going on? Hanging out in California, having some palpitations as per usual. We just hired an <laughs> accounting firm this week. That was big news for us. It's something we've been needing to do for about the last two years. I've got some help here on the side. I know a few CPAs and they've been working us through the last two years, but it was finally time to get a accounting firm on our side. We hired an accounting firm. They're going to be taking care of all of our books, preparing quarterly statements for us, tax returns, etc., etc. And I've also hired the same accounting firm to do my personal taxes and finances since and that's something I'm really, really happy about. You don't see a lot of blog posts out there in the lifestyle business sector about getting your accounting straight, man. Actually, my eyes glazed over. What yeah, did you just right. say? <laughs> Doing accounting? My gosh. One of my biggest business problems is that I just cannot focus on accounting or anything like that. I'm really glad that you're stepping up strong, and I'm interested to hear about how the personal side of things going on. I also hear you're moving shop. What's going on with the warehouse? Yeah, we're moving the warehouse, and I think you've been associated with a few warehouse moves before. They are disastrous. Yes. It's all adults involved, but I've never been involved in a warehouse move that wasn't completely <laughs> incompetently executed. So maybe it's just something about warehouse moves. We've made a couple of enemies through this one. Definitely turned off some customers. That's business. What's going on in the Philippines? It's been pretty epic in the Philippines, hanging out with David. Certain things about the Philippines aren't even worth reporting back home, just because no one would believe how epic things can be here. I'll leave it at that. Biggest, most exciting thing is on the Tropical MBA, we announced what we're going to be doing about the third semester. And we've decided just to hire David, who was the winner of the second semester. David is super sharp. He's got the right skill set. Take care of your own, man. So why go out and bring somebody new into the fray when we've got perfect person right now lined up to hit the ground running and to really get some of these new businesses off the ground that we've got moving? One of the big projects that David's going to be participating in and you're going to be participating in is, in fact, a meetup in Thailand in January to meet a bunch of new entrepreneurs and get feedback on the new kinds of ideas that we're engaging. I'm super excited about that. Let's take a quick time out to talk about our sponsor, Gutshot Studios. In fact, we'll be meeting the owner of Gutshot Studios in Thailand in January. Gutshot Studios specializes in custom-designed, gorgeous WordPress sites primarily. Check that out, gutshotstudios.com. If you need to jumpstart your blog, business, get that off the ground in a big way. Check out the professionals at Gutshot Studios, and thank you for sponsoring the show. We've got a bunch of shouts this week, Ian. Ian Borders from Hello Sherpa and the VCEO.com. First off, Ian, thank you for helping me edit some of my blog posts. He's a really sharp guy, so I wanted to get some feedback from him, but also for writing some pretty incredible uh, business blogs about doing business here in Asia and setting up multiple flags specifically for tax reasons, which is something that we're particularly interested in. So we'll link see to that. Ian, I know you enjoyed uh, Ian's blogs quite a bit, yeah? Yeah, that posting about how to start a business in Singapore was quite detailed. I've never read anything so specific about how to walk through a process like that in a foreign country. Thanks to Don Marge's podcast. 
podcast customer. He loves the podcast, and he actually listens to it in the backwoods of Canada. Also, thanks to David Crandall for helping us with some copywriting support on our new sales page. Ian, the other weekend, I was just feeling a little like I wanted to do something creative, so I jumped onto our sales page and redid it. And man, David gave me some great feedback on that and really helped me to craft the message. We'd love to hear feedback from any of you internet marketers out there in the audience. Our first 30 episodes are for sale, and we wanted to put an offer up that clearly demonstrates the benefits of listening to the first 30 episodes. We didn't want to position it as like the solution to solving your life's problems or anything. It's really about supporting the show. And now that we've got a full-time editor, our burn on this show is actually quite expensive. It's not even going to get come close to covering the cost of the show, but it will help to offset some of the expense. Check out the sales page, man. We made a couple sales this weekend, so that's really helpful. I really appreciate people stepping up yeah. and supporting the show with the dollar dollar bills, y'all. We got a question this week from Joel Runyon, blog of Impossible Things. I would love to hear what your current biggest challenge is with the business. Ian, <laughs> I know you palping big time, man. I got to get a sound effect for that, Shaz. What's your biggest uh, challenge in the business right now? Do you want Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday? Let's go with uh, Thursday, man. Thirsty Thursday. Thursday. The biggest challenge of Thursday was making sure we got some critical designs done by Friday. And uh, we didn't, so uh, I'm popping about that. <laughs> the biggest challenge is always, you've seen that movie Fast and the Furious? When Vin Diesel's like, I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah, I love that movie. I'm like, uh, I live my life one month at a time. Here we are like halfway through the month, and we got to meet some revenue numbers. Right. So. My biggest challenge is always making sure that we're on target for revenue in the short term and the long term. What about you? My biggest challenge is making sure uh, to keep you happy. It's been difficult lately because you've been a little bit of a sourpuss. You've been overworked, overstressed. So I'm basically trying to find ways to send you a nice variety of funny emails, (laughs) cash incentives, chocolates in the mail, uh, trips abroad. Keeping you happy with me has been quite difficult. All right, let's get on to the meat and potatoes here. Ian, we did promise to do this software thing in India, and we're going to do that within the next couple episodes, but I wanted to jump on one issue. I think this is probably the biggest issue in our inbox, so I want to just chuck out a couple of Dan and Ian philosophies about beating analysis paralysis, getting off your ass, and getting things moving. Everybody's got big plans. Everybody on the podcast has heard us talk about our plans that we haven't gotten off our asses about. We've developed a myriad of approaches to this kind of stuff, but we've been on the emails this week with listeners talking about analysis paralysis. We've been on the phone with listeners talking about it. And here are some of the themes. Here are the top seven ways we beat analysis paralysis. Okay, the number one way is to get a job. And there's a lot of crap being talked out in the blogosphere about amateur hour and rookies getting on the blogs and talking about business, but they don't have experience. They don't know what's going on. And I think what you're seeing out there in the blogosphere is a lot of people really sold on this idea of a lifestyle business. They're sold on the idea of lifestyle design and they want to make it happen. But the missing element is business experience. So the absolute best way to get business experience is to get it on the job. Get rid of your crappy corporate job, which isn't helping you get anywhere, except to be like your boss. Look at your boss and ask yourself the question, do you want to be like him? If the answer is no, go find yourself a boss that you do want to be like. I got lined up with an entrepreneur who was my mentor, taught me the ropes, who put me into the hustle every day, who stacked work so high up on my desk that I never thought I would get out of there, but I learned how to be an entrepreneur, and I think that was a difference for me, that I didn't read the four-hour work week while sitting in some corporate drone box. I read it while I was an entrepreneurial position and I could apply those skills 
directly to building this lifestyle business. Yeah, really important to get a job and something that you're going after too. Don't get a job delivering pizzas unless you want to own Papa John's. That's not going to get you <laughs> anywhere. You got to have a job aligned with a mentor that's an entrepreneur or in an industry that you're planning on entering. I mean, it has to be relevant. Don't spend two years hacking away at some job that isn't going to propel you into the next two years. It just doesn't make sense, especially in this lifestyle. And think about it in terms of the time frame too. I mean, this stuff takes so, so long. And so, you know, a lot of the guys that work for us now, they're going to end up being entrepreneurs themselves, but it takes years of transition, of getting the capital, of getting the right kind of skill set, of waiting for that right opportunity to come along. In the meantime, be working for people that are entrepreneurial themselves. It's going to take a while. You know, sometimes this is going to take incredible sacrifice. You can make 60 grand a year being a corporate drone, or you can do what Sean Ogle did and give it all up and make a couple grand a month and work directly for entrepreneurs. What kind of sacrifice are you willing to make in order to get yourself onto an entrepreneurial team? This is weird advice, but man, get a job. Get a job can be the jump start that you need into starting a lifestyle business, getting rid of analysis paralysis, and learning how to just get it done. Number two, straight out of the box, copy somebody. Everybody's coming to me with the next big idea and I can't find it. It's right in front of your face, man. Find somebody who's making money, doing something you think is interesting, and copy them, man. Copy them. It works. Trust me, this stuff works. What do you think about that, Ian? I know you like to copy. I love to copy. I love to copy. And we kind of have a rule when we come out with a new product line, especially if we copied a new product, 80% iteration, 20% innovation. We're copying people all the time. I mean, if you go out there and you look, look even locally how many barbershops there are, how many sheet metal fabrication shops there are. People are copying people left and right. There's 30 of each businesses within 50-mile radius. There's a lot of room for people to survive doing the same thing. So... I think copying is a great idea. There's a difference between copying people and ripping people off, right? You're not going to be ripping people off, number one, because you're a good person. But number two, you're going to bring your own personal flavor to the way that you copy this. And eventually, you're going to start doing those iterative moves, those pivots. And you're going to have a completely new business. But the point is, is the hard work's been done. Copy somebody. Get it done. Get right into the market. The third point is related to the second, which is pick a fight with somebody. You know, you'll be surprised about how many rounds you can go into that fight. Take a hyper-specialized approach. Find somebody that's doing something that you think you can do slightly better eventually over the long term. Of course, you're not going to do better in the first couple months, but think about something. Hey, these guys, I can pick a fight with them. Declare war and take a fight, especially at players with a broad focus. We've picked fights with big companies with broad focus and we thought, man, once we get in there, they're going to just be beating us up. And it's like, Ian, we're stealing their market share and it's like they haven't even noticed us yet and we're making money. It's true. That's happened a couple times for us as we've gone in and kind of attacked larger players with a niche product line and they just don't have the resources to react to that. You never know. It's worked out really well for us in some instances. I would definitely pick a fight, especially if you think you can win it. Not all the time do you even know that you can win it, but if you feel even the smallest inkling that you can win, I think you should go for it. Number four way to beat analysis paralysis, and Ian, this is one that I see very, very common. Three different listeners shared this exact issue with me last week, which is you're right on the precipice of niche selection, and you sort of get shy at your specialization, and you step back and you develop a brand instead that's very broad. Instead of, for example, focusing on... Bing search engine optimization, you'll step back and focus on internet marketing consulting instead. The problem with this is that when you have a broad focus, customer acquisition cost is extraordinarily high. I could go on for an hour about this particular topic, but just trust me. Here's the advice and stick to it. When you're getting started with your first niche, specialize
has so much that it makes you uncomfortable. At the moment you're uncomfortable, choose and go. Do search Bing optimization for Russians on Tuesday mornings at a budget of under $1,000 or less. And if you're like, oh man, I can't do that for the rest of my life. Done. Niche has been selected. One trend in business that you can put your money on, Ian, is hyper-specialization. Markets will continue to specialize at an exponential rate forevermore. Don't just show up and be some giant, big, fat, bloated consultant. Getting accounts for that kind of business is extraordinarily expensive. There's a lot of structural reasons for that that I'm not going to go into. If you're just getting started, specialize, ridiculous. And that's what we did. And we've done the opposite and we've gotten burned on it. So specialize, ridiculous, that'll help you get moving. A lot of people are really scared and uncomfortable with specializing. And I think it's something that I had to overcome too. The bottom line is people generally change careers four or five times. If you're going to be a marketer and you're going to be selling products on the internet, you're probably going to sell hundreds of products. You need to get comfortable really specializing with niche products. This doesn't have to define you 10 years from now. Maybe it will, but maybe it could just be a way that you made money for a few years. I don't think it's that big of a deal. People really look at it, well, I'm going to specialize in selling calculators online and that's going to define me for the rest of my life. You're going to specialize in it. You're going to make money in it. You're going to crush it and then you're going to move on. Booyah. Number five, analysis paralysis. Cut a deal with somebody. I'm not hearing a lot of talk about deal making, but that's how we got our shaz off the ground, right? We went to somebody that had a resource that we thought we could exploit and we cut a deal. So sometimes getting somebody in your game that has a lot more resources with than you, but you've got the mojo, you're pissing vinegar, you're ready to work, you're ready to make it happen. I know so many people that just have money sitting in their bank accounts and they have nowhere to put it. Passionate entrepreneurs are absolutely the best place to put that cash. All you got to do is ask for it in a compelling way. So why aren't we talking more about cutting deals, man? You can cut deals with the best of them. Let me tell you a short story. When I was in college, one of my jobs that I had was working at a automated automotive restoration and race fabrication shop. And it was pretty cool because I've always been into cars. This guy had quite a bit of land and quite a bit of resources. And so I was getting ready to graduate. I didn't know what I was going to do when I got out of school. At the time, they're making reproduction 1966 Mustang bodies. So I had this idea of like setting up a small production line, making these reproduction Mustangs with modern running gear. So I laid out the plan at the time to my boss. I thought it was a great idea and I spent countless hours pulling this idea together. Within five minutes, he shot me down. But the point is, I was trying to cut a deal. I was trying to seal my future for the next few years, trying to get a business off the ground. I had the kahunas to go in there, cut a deal. I went away crying. That's fine. Anyways, I tried to cut a deal. And so you got to try and cut a deal. And the bigger deal you try to cut, the higher the stakes will be and the more it might pay off for you. Yeah, and we're even working through our books right now. And maybe we're going to cut a new little deal in the future here. I mean, that stuff's fun. That's how businesses get off the ground. It can be difficult when people just rely on themselves and they rely on that keyword research and that WordPress blog. And sometimes you just got to reach across the table, shake somebody's hand and sign a contract. One more point I just want to toss in here. Say yes to everything, including non-ideal situations, assuming they bring in revenue. And this is just about getting your hands dirty. Jamie Marsden wrote today in his blog post, ask the question every day, man, how is this going to make me money? And that's finding that first customer out the door, that Russian guy that needs SEO optimization on Tuesday mornings in order to save $500 monthly on his AdWords budget. Go get that one guy, bring him in, rope him in, get that revenue going, and that's going to be able to fund your pivots, fund your business, and get you out of this analysis paralysis stuff. Building castles in the sky, you don't need to do it. It's a heavy approach and it's not how stuff gets done. Stuff gets done, you cut a deal, you launch a product, you get a client, and then you do it again. All right, let's move on to the quick tips. 
tricks and or funny jokes section. I'm looking forward to getting back to that software story. Sorry to the audience for the tease. I know everybody's going crazy out there. Ah, the lifestyle business podcast world's going crazy. Hey, another news item. Check out our Kiva.org lending group. So far, I think we've lent uh, somewhere around $600 amongst the 13 of us that are in there. 13 lifestyle business podcast listeners are currently monitoring and making investments to developing world entrepreneurs in the Philippines and elsewhere. I'm really excited about that. The sponsorship money for the podcast has gone to a general store owner and a fisherman, both proven entrepreneurs here in the Philippines. They're trying to make something big for their lives and their families. That's so freaking baller. I love Kiva.org. So far, it's been great experience. See if we get these loans back and hopefully we're going to be injecting another couple hundred dollars into our investment group in the next couple days here. I just think that's so cool. Hey, if we don't get that money back, good thing is you're already in the Philippines to go break some kneecaps. Oh, yeah, buddy. I'm going to go collect. There's no question. I mean, this is for real. I want to hear some high-level excuses if we don't get this money back. I'm only a short little boat trip away, so everybody can feel secure. It's not only Kiva.org that's backing you up, but I will personally back up these investments. All right, Ian, I want to share with you one unorthodox method I've been using for project management that's been working to great success. I've always had two major issues with project management software. So I've basically tried everything in the whole freaking world, and there's two issues. One is that project management software adds a layer of complexity over top of real life. Obviously, you've got to not only do the task, but then you've got you've to do it. And that brings up the second problem, which is the time for compliance distinction between tasks and projects is not always clear. Basically, I don't really need project management software. I need task management software because things are happening so fast. I want to know who's doing what, where, when, how, and how they're managing it, prioritizing it. And I'm sorry, but just nothing has ever come close to giving me that effective dashboard because I've never done something that people complied with 100%. What I've found that works excellent. Google has introduced real-time collaboration onto their docs. So we're collaborating in real-time right now in a Google document. I can see when you make little edits to our outline here as I'm talking. And that's so cool. It's really changed the dynamic of Google Documents. And it's allowed me to create a document that I share with all of my team that we all have hyperlinked on our toolbar. Everybody's name is on the sheet. Below everybody's name is five or six tasks that they're currently working on. They're just ordered in level of priority. And you can go in there and change things around and make little comments. And we've got little stats status bars that we like little icons that we've pasted in there. It's just so simple. People have been complying with it. We've been using it for three weeks, 100% compliance. It works great. And I can always pull up that document and say, what is the message that I'm sending to my team right now that they're seeing? What is the status of all of our tasks? With tools like Basecamp, I just felt like there were so many legacy tasks that were just like sort of put in there and forgotten about and things that weren't quite updated, but I saw an email about it. This is so easy to update that I find people just keep up with it. And I can go in there and rec shop on those tasks in like five minutes and change them all around, reprioritize everything, and just send out one email to the whole team saying, look at this sheet. Here's the link. I find it's working great. Yeah, we use Google Docs to interface with our warehouse too. We use it kind of in the same way. We've got the daily tasks, orders shipped out. We use Dropbox to coordinate packing lists. It's great because in the warehouse, they have a screen and they can look on there and see the same thing, what the priorities are at that time, if there's any questions about orders going out. Google Docs in real time has changed the way that we work. Dropbox is so baller too, of course. 
course, the perennial quick tip, get dropbox.com if you haven't yet. Another quick tip I just want to share. We, on this podcast, whenever we mention somebody else's blog, we give a deep link into their blog. And that means that we link directly to one of their blog posts. This is good for two reasons. Number one, it's more useful to you, the user, if, say, I'm going to link to Joel Runyon's blog today, but I'm not going to link to his top-level domain. I'm going to link to an article I read by Joel recently that I enjoy, that I think you'll enjoy. That's going to pop you right into his content, pre-approved, pre-filtered, something that I think is going to be valuable for our audience. The second benefit that not a lot of people know about is that that link is going to send Joel a notification. So it's going to send a little email to Joel through his host saying, hey, by the way, those jerks over at the Lifestyle Business Podcast link to you. And that's going to get Joel to come over. He's going to want to see, whoa, someone talked about me. Someone's linked to me. What's going on with that? And that's a great way to let people know that they've been recognized on your blog and they're going to come check it out. Nine times out of 10, they might even leave a little commenty commenty. That's a great way to get some attention for your blog, but also to provide extra value because a top level domain link doesn't send that link out, doesn't send the notification, and it doesn't help your users get engaged directly with the content that you want them to see. That's my suggestion to all the bloggers out there. Blog directly into that blog post. You're going to get a lot more attention and you're going to provide more value to your audience. It does take a little bit of time. It's well worth the effort. Baller. Hola. All right, Ian, thanks for joining me today. It is always a pleasure today. We're going to play you one of our favorite songs. This song reminds me of Bali, man, and I got to get back there. When are we going to get back to Bali? Pretty soon, man. See you there. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to do us a big favor, end yourself a big favor, make a cold call this week, try to cut a deal, and give us a review on iTunes. Ow! All right. That's awesome. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything.